Welcome into the 40 Manor Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to talk about a handful of things, including Trey Lance being traded to the Dallas Cowboys, Nick Bosa's ongoing holdout, Jake Moody, what's happening at kicker for the San Francisco 49ers, and what did Kyle Shanahan have to say in response to Jimmy Garoppolo's quote-unquote weird comments uh, about the quarterback situation in San Francisco. Let's start at the beginning, though. Uh, the last time we talked, I wasn't in Arizona, and Trey Lance was still a San Francisco 49er, but had been named quarterback three. Uh, since then, a preseason game has happened, and Trey Lance was traded prior to it to the Dallas Cowboys of all teams. I know many fans are saying anybody but the Dallas Cowboys, but that really, to me, isn't the most important part of this. It really comes down to an ultimate failure that was the Trey Lance draft pick and the development of him as a young quarterback. So Trey Lance moved to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth-round draft pick, and to me, this is a win-win for both parties involved. Yes, a win-win. What I mean by that is San Francisco, knowing they didn't view Trey Lance as their franchise quarterback, knowing they didn't view him as you know their number two quarterback coming into the season, they felt like it was the best case scenario to cut their losses and move away. Trey Lance, after they gave him the day off of practice, I believe on Thursday or Wednesday last week, um, he came back and said, please trade me. I want a new opportunity somewhere else. Um, good move for both teams. I do find it a little bit funny that San Francisco was able to net themselves a fourth-round pick, which, if you remember the article by Mike Silver, he reported about, I don't know, a month or two ago that they were only getting fifth-round pick offers. So uh, you could argue that their patience did pay off, in this case, getting a fourth-round pick where San Francisco has, in the past three or four years, hit on a certain player, so win, a win in San Francisco's case there, but for Trey Lance, uh, well, yes, fresh start, new opportunity, uh, maybe an owner and coaching staff that believe in him or can you know reinvigorate his fire and love for football, and maybe he can get a chance down the road, he kind of finds himself in the same place where I know many people are making the argument that if Dak falters come playoff time again, Next year, being in 2024, uh, we could see a Trey Lance-Dak Prescott competition in practice. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I I get Dak has his haters, and, and many fans consider him one of the most overrated players in the NFL, and to a certain degree, I can see that. But for Trey Lance, he's still quarterback three on a team that has a quarterback two in Cooper Rush. That's won four games for Dallas last year in the absence of Dak Prescott. So it's not like they're going to rush to, you know, get Trey Lance ready in the game. Uh, they cut Will Greer uh, after a really good preseason. So it's not as if the Dallas Cowboys are a better fit for Trey Lance, but it does feel like that even if it isn't the Dallas Cowboys, getting Trey Lance out of San Francisco was the best case scenario for both parties um, San Francisco already mentally moved on. Uh, Kyle Shanahan especially mentally moved on to Purdy and Sam Darnold. Trey Lance just being frustrated with the situation. Get me out of here. 
go to Dallas, and even if he doesn't even play in Dallas, getting him out of San Francisco where the quarterback room and competition isn't a constant conversation, there really is no pressure on Trey Lance anymore to be the guy anywhere. Um, I think that might make him feel more comfortable and might even make him play better as a quarterback if he can go out there and whether it's the preseason next year or even a game this year for the Cowboys, show what he can actually do, and hopefully he shines. This is not a podcast, or I'm, I'm, I'm not a person who's going to say, I hope Trey Lance fails. Now, come playoff time, if Trey Lance is playing for the Dallas Cowboys, we're having a different conversation, and I hope he throws five interceptions. <laughs> but um, I do hope Trey Lance succeeds. He's a good person, a good player. Um, I do want to say this, though, that this is the ultimate what could have been. Could Trey Lance have been a franchise quarterback here in San Francisco had he not been hurt? Certainly. Uh, was he a great player? We'll never know. And that's the kind of the bum, the bumming factor, and it kind of makes you numb to the quarterback conversation because for myself, and I'm sure many fans out there, we have wasted three or at least two years complaining about the quarterback room or, or you know, in-depth discussions of, you know, should Trey Lance play? What are his rep count? And now it's like, well, that was all wasted and all for naught, which stinks because for a young player like him and what the fans were promised and an organization that was trying to move off of a player in Jimmy Garoppolo who they deemed it not to be the guy anymore, um, it's an ultimate organizational failure. It feels like you wasted the team's time. It feels like you wasted the fans' time. And they did, in a sense, waste their own time trying to develop a player in Trey Lance uh, or, to some fans' opinions, uh, didn't do enough time developing Trey Lance. Uh, and me, looking back at everything, there was no doubt in my mind that whether it was Trey Lance or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford, San Francisco was going to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. In retrospect, you have to ask yourself, though, had you not traded up three first-round draft picks what would that 2021 team have been if you had an impact player on offense or defense? Uh, what if you had a Rashawn Slater, a Jamar Chase, a, a Micah Parsons, uh, and Asante Samuel Jr. instead of Ambry Thomas and Emmanuel Mosley? And and God bless both those players, one of them still being here, one of them in Detroit now, wish them a ton of success. Um, but Cooper Cup and OBJ ate this team alive defensively uh, during those years. And so you really have to ask yourself, you know, uh, even last year, what would this team have looked like with Micah Parsons across from Nick Bosa against a team like Philadelphia, um, a, a team like Dallas in the playoffs maybe? Like this team could have had franchise-altering offensive and defensive players uh, that could make someone like Brandon Ayuk expendable or or make the loss of Mike McGlinchey and the reliance on Colton McKivitz not even an important conversation. Uh, this really is an all-time fumble of the bag for the San Francisco 49ers, and I am truly happy we can move on now. Not for the sake of, you know, the team or, you know, to give Kyle Shanahan a break, but as the fan base, truly not knowing who the quarterback was or, you know, having to bicker back and forth on Twitter or debate on podcasts of who should start and who should sit and who's better and who's not, um, Trey Lance was the ultimate non-factor for the past two going into his third season. Is that his fault to a certain point? No. Um, he did win a must-win game against the Texans, but right now we're sitting here, and I don't know how some fans didn't see 
this coming. Now, I don't think they should have traded Trey Lance. I, I, I do think if knowing the quarterback history here, getting hurt and and Purdy and knowing his UCL injury and Sam Darnold being the ultimate unknown of are you going to be seeing ghosts or are you going to be a new and improved Sam Darnold here? Should we call him Sammy D? Should we give him a nickname? Does Sammy D work? I feel like that's too inappropriate. <laughs> but um, if Sam Darnold can improve here in San Francisco, or if he's going to you know suck and be seeing ghosts again, uh, you have to ask yourself, Brandon Allen's quarterback three now. Do you trust him? I certainly don't. Um, I know Kyle Shanahan might, but Trey Lance was far and away better than Brandon Allen every single day of training camp. He was better than Sam Darnold most days. Um, it does feel like that Kyle Shanahan saw Trey Lance play poorly against the Raiders, and I openly said I, th I think he sucked that day, and I think Kyle would agree. He even pointed to that game being the turning point in the quarterback two conversation, but um, it definitely feels like that Kyle's already mentally moved on from Trey Lance, and this just was the best case for both parties involved. You get a fourth-round pick, you get a win-win, and you trade into a team where he's not going to play, and, and you can argue that Trey Lance for whatever it's worth, may never play football in a regular season game ever again. Like, you really could argue that. Um, you could argue that here in San Francisco, and you can argue that in Dallas or wherever he goes after that. Like, Trey Lance could be this one of the worst busts in NFL history, and I say that knowing he hasn't played much, knowing that he hasn't been able to prove himself that much, knowing that, you know, had he gotten the opportunity... That may not be the case, and he could be starting this year for San Francisco. But right now, with him not being on the roster, him freeing up some money next year, uh, this was the best case for both teams involved. And it, it, it does stink knowing that the mistake was made, but ultimately the Band-Aid's been ripped off. The fan base can finally focus on one quarterback, and they can debate back and forth of is it a good move, is it a bad move, but we're no longer debating who's quarterback two or three is anymore which became a ridiculous conversation for months and months and months. And and I get it. I talked about it plenty of times, and you listened plenty of times out there, and I appreciate that because you're invested in the team. But right now, Brock Purdy's the quarterback. He's healthy, and week one is in nine days. That's the focus now, or, well, Nick Bosa still isn't signed, but <laughs> but um, but that should be the focus now. And, you know, that's where you are. Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it is what it is. It sucks. It stinks. Let's move on, though. Um, I'm tired of tweeting about it, tired of talking about it, tired of, you know, debating with people as to who Trey Lance could have been in San Francisco. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, he'll be the ultimate what if. Move on. He's not here anymore. He isn't a San Francisco 49er anymore. Um, I appreciate him as a person. He was great in the press conferences, a kind-hearted person uh, in every meeting that we were involved in when it came to, you know, media availability. Um, you can tell he handled himself right in the room with the team in the locker room, and Trey Lance was never a nuisance or a distraction. Uh, and so I want to give him that credit. He was a good, kind person, and hopefully wherever he goes, he gets the opportunity elsewhere to shine. But we will see, and the odds aren't very high of that in Dallas, but we will see as the season continues. Um, I think you have to ask yourself, who's the blame for the failure, though? Is it Trey? Is it Kyle? Uh, I think a lot of people are hating on Kyle and John a little unfairly when it comes to putting all the blame on them. They certainly take a lot of it, right? Um, I, I, I can't remember who the report was from. Maybe Mike Silver, but don't want to give, you know, credit to the wrong person here. But 
the report was that John Lynch had let too many you know cooks in the kitchen, right? He had too many voices and, and executives from the team in the room telling him, you know, you have to draft Trey Lance. Then there were reports that, you know, Kyle went against his better judgment and kind of flipped his his decision last minute and he said, I'm going from Mac Jones to Trey Lance. Now, is that true? I have no idea. But you have to at least point to and say, well, it's clear you wanted one of the three guys and um, knowing Kyle, you would assume that player was a Mac Jones and you changed your mind and you, you took a risk and you missed. Um, so I do think Kyle and John deserve the ultimate responsibility of drafting Trey Lance, knowing he was so raw, knowing that since high school, he hasn't taken as many passing attempts and reps as Geno Smith last season. Um, but I also think Trey Lance deserves a little bit of credit or maybe a little bit of discredit when it comes to the failure on his end. Um, injuries happen. They hurt. They suck. They can, you know, they can stint and, and kind of hinder your development. No doubt about it. I'm not saying, you know, if Trey Lance, forget the injuries, whatever, like Trey Lance being injured did uh, affect where he was as a quarterback. Uh, and it's not his fault Kyle Shanahan's mind decided to slowly shift towards a new quarterback in Brock Purdy. But I do think with Trey, he just, doesn't, just didn't play well. Like that's that's the thing is you can point to he had to fix this, this, that, and the other, the mechanics, the playbook, and those are all true. But Trey just didn't play well in the short time he had. Um, many fans don't want to agree with this, but there's a reason why Jimmy Garoppolo was brought back. Trey wasn't playing well in training camp last year. Um, now, they were going to give him the runway to improve himself during the season, but that never got to happen. So Kyle sat there for two years and saw a quarterback who really hadn't grown for a variety of reasons, injury included, and then um, and then coming into this year had been surpassed by Brock Purdy, and Kyle said, well, Sam Darnold's here, and I've wanted him for the past two seasons. And so they have, you know, jumped Trey Lance on the depth chart. And so for Trey, injuries, not his fault. Kyle's mind changing, not entirely his fault, but the play on the field was indeed Trey Lance's, you know, shortcoming. And that's what changed Kyle Shanahan's mind. Um, so then the question that shifted to, should Kyle and John be held accountable for that? Well, Trey's already been held accountable. He's been traded away. That's finished. That's done. But should Kyle and John be held accountable? My question would be, maybe you can answer in the comments below or currently on the live stream, what do you want to see happen to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? They're not getting fired. They are not getting replaced unless John Lynch leaves for TV this offseason, which I don't think he's going to do. Um, they made a decision together. Jed York signed off on the idea of paying Trey Lance, or excuse me, paying Jimmy Garoppolo while developing Trey Lance. This wasn't like they went into this, you know, by the seat of their pants, hoping they could figure it out and not talking about it. This was a conversation they had for months and months and months. And, you know, we want to get a quarterback and, you know, they didn't know who it was going to be, but they had an idea as to, you know, we're going to pay Jimmy and, you know, we're going to have Trey here for a year and we'll go from there. Uh, I just don't know what fans want. I know certain people would say they want, you know, the reins tightened back on Kyle but then my question would be, do you tighten the reins in the first and second round only? Because they've nailed it from the third and on, usually. And you got Fred Warner in there and Kittle and Greenlaw and B.J. Jones and seemingly this year, Ronnie Bell and you know Jair Brown and 
other players like Jalen Graham who are making the roster, right? Like, this year alone, every single rookie, besides Cam Latu on IR, they made the roster. So, like, where do you point to and say, tighten the reins? Um, I'm not sure, that, like, that's even possible. Because they, like, York has entrusted these two people to be successful. They've been that. They've been to a Super Bowl, three NFC Championship games, uh, and they've been one of the Final Four teams, I believe, in, what, three of the three of their five seasons here in San Francisco thus far, you're not changing that. Um, or, or you're not tightening the reins on those people. And, okay, you missed on the first round with Trey Lance. That's a big miss. You can't ignore that. And you can point to, well, Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster. But where they missed on guys like that, they've also hit on the Nick Bosa's, which wasn't that hard of a conversation to have. It's If, if the Cardinals pick Murray, we're taking Nick Bosa. Um, but then it's Mike McGlinchey, who he wasn't an amazing player, but he's one of the best run-blocking right tackles in football, and if Colton McKivitz plays bad this year, there are going to be a lot of fans saying, why couldn't we re-sign Mike McGlinchey, or why didn't we draft the right tackle behind him? Um, but I think a lot of this is the frustration of, you failed on Trey Lance, Jake Moody has been inconsistent and really not good through his first couple weeks of preseason going into week one against Pittsburgh. Uh, Cam Lott, who's hurt on IR and didn't have a great camp. Um, then you're having players you know, in the past that have not shown or aren't even here still. Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster, McGlinchey's now gone. Um, and again, you can and Javon Kinlaw's here currently, but been hurt for a, a long time. Uh, so I get the fans' frustration. I get them wanting to, you know, kind of like a horse, tighten those reins back up and, you know, have to past decisions along the line with Jed York and talk about them further, but it's not like Jed York shouldn't be held responsible uh, on the Trey Lance failure as well. He signed off on it. So if you're going to tighten the reins on Kyle and John, Jed York, Mr. Insider Trading, has to do the exact same thing um, to himself, which he's not going to do, and you're not going to do it to Kyle and John either. Uh, moving on here, uh, I think... This is where we should transition into the Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan thing. And I'm sure many of you are saying, Jimmy Garoppolo, well, he doesn't play here anymore. And the answer is, you're right. Which is probably why these comments were made uh, by Jimmy Garoppolo. He was interviewed by Sports Illustrated and he was asked about the Trey Lance trade and you know what that meant for the young quarterback now in Dallas. And um, But he was also asked about the quarterback situation in San Francisco and his response was, well, how do you think it went? And the interviewer said, you know, well, it was kind of weird. And Jimmy said, yeah, weird's a nice way of putting it. And the fan base kind of caught wind of that. And many fans said, well, you know, we're getting spicy Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Kyle Shanahan responded. And Kyle Shanahan may have been the most annoyed I've ever seen him ever. <laughs> um, you can tell he was, he's just, He's so tired of answering quarterback you know, questions or conversation questions. Um, he's so sick of the name Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and he even said, uh, I don't care about what Jimmy has to say, essentially. But I do find it funny that he did say, I don't listen or try not to listen to things outside of the room. But then openly said, at my lunchtime, when I had my turkey sub and kettle chips... I watched Trey Lance's press conference with the Cowboys. So, Kyle, you don't listen, but you go out of your way to listen. That's kind of weird. Um, 
But you can just tell that Jimmy being more freed, not in the building anymore, he didn't take a shot in a sense, but you can tell Shanahan pressing back on Matt Mayoko and Tim Kawakami kind of saying, like, the word weird, I think, is an honest and really simple way to describe what it was like the past few years in San Francisco with Jimmy G and Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan in their relationship. But Kyle Shanahan wouldn't even, like, agree it was weird. It was unusual. That's not weird. Kyle, they're synonyms. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Why, like, why do you feel the need to not agree with Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you hate this man that much? Or is your relationship just that awful you can't even agree with, like, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, Jimmy G saying, yeah, it was, it was a little weird here. That was a nice way of putting it. Now, we're not privy to conversations behind closed doors. You and I all know that the relationship is not good. Dating back to 2019, missing a big play in the Super Bowl, to Emmanuel Sanders, among other things, with Kyle Shanahan not trusting him any further. 2020, you know, there was a big discussion of, you know, how hurt is Jimmy G? You know, how severe is the ankle injury? Can he play? Should he play? You know, there were rumors that Kyle thought he should be out there, and Jimmy was like, no, 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 I'm too hurt. Then... They draft Trey Lance, and Jimmy was, you know, on the record saying he was pissed about it and being upset about it, which makes complete sense. Um, and then they're going to trade Jimmy, then they couldn't trade Jimmy, then he was back in the building, and it's a whole thing. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's trying to play kumbaya like it was supposed to go this way when it wasn't supposed to go this way. And so saying it was weird, yeah, it was really weird. I'm sure it was weird for them. I'm sure it was weird for you. I'm sure it was weird for the team. Because it was certainly weird for me. <laughs> it, it wasn't like we were all like, this is great. This is just so great. It was like, oh, um, I don't think I like this. This is weird. What are we doing here? This is a huge gamble. You're risking a Super Bowl window. And ultimately now, looking back with Trey being in Dallas, it's, it's a failure. And I'm sure for Jimmy, I'm not trying to pick a side here, but for Jimmy, he's saying like, so the guy you wanted to replace me with is now not even on the freaking team anymore. Like, what? <laughs> like, you you put our relationship, you know, on, you know, Rocky Waters, on Ricky Waters, <laughs> on, on Rocky Footing, and now the player that created that, the gamble you took, is now on a different team like I am. Imagine, you know, being a player thinking you have the team to win it all and they're, like, they're going to replace you and you're like, okay, I get I've been hurt, but we can use help elsewhere on the offensive line. Having it not be Daniel Brunskill or Mike Person or you know, replacing DeForest Buckner and Javon Kinlaw's hurt, but getting a, a, another cornerback or a safety and they've certainly done some of those things, but I'm sure Jimmy sitting back in retrospect is like, hey, dude, <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? Even my dog behind me is making noise saying, hey, Kyle, like, figure this thing out. Um, <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Like, my dog is going crazy behind me currently. Hey, man, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Even he is like, yeah, you're right, Sterling. Jimmy Garoppolo's right in this case. Um, like, they should have made some changes. And, again, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you're saying you wasted a window where, you know, what if it wasn't Jaquiski Tart dropping a pick? You know, what if we had a faster receiver? I, I don't know. There's so many things to point to. 
uh, on the team that should have happened or could have happened or, you know, players you could have drafted and moves you could have made. But for Jimmy, I didn't think it was a shot. But for Kyle, acting so irritated to the fact that he's being questioned by the media like, hey, Kyle, a former player of yours said it was kind of weird. It wasn't weird. It wasn't weird at all. It was unusual. And it's like, Kyle, <laughs> the Thoris, <laughs> it's the same thing, man. Like, why can't you just admit that? And it definitely felt like this was Kyle Shanahan, you know, backed against the wall, knowing that right now, him and John Lynch, mainly Kyle Shanahan, have a ton of egg on their face, you know, are, are, are eating the biggest bowl of crow they ever have of like, we messed up big time. Like, we don't, we didn't have a first round pick two years ago in this past year, and we're just getting it back now. Like, we have, we have messed up big time with this Trey Lance trade and, you know, it's a gamble we thought we had to make and it didn't work out. You can tell they feel the pressure, at least from the fan base or just from themselves saying like, we blew this thing. And the fact they're being questioned about it now, they hate it. Kyle does not, Kyle Shanahan hates admitting he's wrong. Uh, the Shaw Show, what's going on, man? 10.52 in the morning. Thanks for joining the live stream. But you can tell Kyle, you know, he just hates all of this. When Kyle Shanahan has to say, I was wrong, I made a mistake, he'll only do it once, and he already has, and the fact that he was questioned about it again later, and had the opportunity to do it again, he was like, no, 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 he pulling LA Knight, no, no, I'm not doing this, no way, I am not doing this at all, you know, and he even came back and was like, do you remember, should I remind you why Jimmy Garoppolo was brought back, it's like, yeah, Kyle, you couldn't trade him, and the guy you drafted wasn't playing well, so you had to bring him back. <laughs> like, what the heck, man? Like, think of it this way. Jimmy Garoppolo at the time, they were trying to trade him, was worth probably a fourth-round pick. The guy they were trying to move off of and didn't believe anymore was probably worth a fourth, maybe third-round pick at best, but they wanted the first-round pick for him. The guy they tried to replace him with, they got almost the exact same compensation they would have gotten for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like... There's, like, every angle you look at it, Kyle Shanahan looks worse and worse and worse and worse. And so does the team, which, in my opinion, vindicates Jimmy Garoppolo maybe taking a shot here or two. Like, I always talk about uh, looking at veteran players in the team. Fred Warner and Trent Williams and, and you know, Nick Bosa and George Kittle. At the time, other players like Tart and Jimmy Ward. Veteran players that were like, hey, we're going to draft the quarterback and hope he can extend the window... But in the meantime, just keep playing, no win games, and, you know, we don't believe the quarterback we have here can actually get it done, though. Like, go out there and play with little belief from us. Well, imagine had you not picked that guy, you could have beefed up certain areas, and I'm sure, to a certain extent, a lot of players, including Jimmy Garoppolo now, feel like that they wasted their window, and thank God Brock Purdy's here. Thank God you hit on a seventh-round pick, because what if it wasn't Brock Purdy? What if Trey Lance is still getting traded because Kyle Shanahan loves Sam Darnold? Like, what if we're going into this season against Pittsburgh, which had Purdy not hit or even been healthy, it would be Sam Darnold starting week one against Pittsburgh. You cannot pitch that to your fan base. Quarterback two, Sam Darnold, Sammy D, okay, whatever. But quarterback number one, uh, oh my God, revolt, rioting, you know, 
The old John, if, if John Cena wins, we riot photo. If, if Sam Darnold starts, we riot photos a la ECW one night stand. Like, it's just insane. Uh, the Shaw Show says, I feel like the Niners didn't want to spend time to develop Trey Lance. They should have played him his rookie season after a few games. Um, but that was the plan, right? Had he not got hurt against the Raiders and later the Cardinals, uh, Shanahan did admit that there were a, you know there was a thought process. There was talk about you know him starting against the Colts and maybe so on and so forth. After that, um, I just can't wrap my mind around the fact that Kyle Shanahan saw Trey Lance play, knowing he was hurt uh, his rookie season, and said, "Eh, okay." Needed him to win a must-win game against the Texans. Plays much better after getting a you know full half of play under his belt, and you kind of see him picking up momentum. And there were certain fans, now I think they were wrong, but there were certain fans certainly saying that just let Trey Lance play in the playoffs. Go from there. Now, you could not pitch that to this veteran team after winning so many games with Jimmy G, but then seeing him get hurt again last year, like, injuries happen. That's a big reason as to why Jimmy G wasn't going to be here in the future and is gone in Vegas now, but... Kyle Shanahan saw Trey Lance play hurt and still win games in a small sample size, then get hurt again with little to no experience, and immediately said, I'm good, I'm done, it's over with. I do wonder where this would have been had Brock Purdy not played well. Like, had Brock Purdy just sucked last year and they don't go to the playoffs, or maybe they squeak in late in the season in a wild card spot, you know, where, where would they have been? Would Trey Lance have gotten a fair shot? You can argue no. Still. And that's pretty crazy. Um, I don't agree with the sentiment that they didn't want to develop him. I think they tried to. The issue is, when you have five different quarterback coaches with the playbook on the team in Greasy and Scangarello, and you have three different mechanical quarterbacks, Quincy Avery, John, Be or John Beck, and then Jeff Christensen, um, that's a lot of work to do. And then you're injured along the way. Like, Trey Lance for... Whoever's fault it was, he really didn't have a fair chance in San Francisco ever. And I think it's almost better that they just ripped the bandit off and it happened now. Move on. Like, it's not going to work. You moved on, Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance is not getting a fair shot here. Trade him elsewhere, get your compensation, and just wash your hands like Pontius Pilate and say, it is finished. That's all you got to do. And that's what they did. They moved on, but they have much bigger problems now. The quarterback room is not the biggest problem. It's Nick Bosa. <laughs> um, why is Nick Bosa not signed yet? Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and Parag. Why is he not in the building with a contract in hand, smiling on the Instagram saying, you know, it is finished, uh, you know, smaller bear back in the building? Um, this is insane. We are nine days away from week one, 10 a.m. in Pittsburgh against the Steelers against an offense with Kenny Pickett, who has not had a drive in the preseason, not lead to a touchdown. I believe he has five total drives and five total touchdowns. They're a young team. They're explosive. Uh, they want to make a statement early that they can hang with the Ravens and their new acquisitions in the Bengals, who are a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago. They want to make a statement. And San Francisco being a team, a veteran team, that, you know, is explosive as well. They hit hard, number one defense in the league last year, and their reigning defensive player of the year is not on the team. 
or currently isn't in the building getting ready for week one against Pittsburgh, um, hey, get it done. There was a report, though, that kind of gave us some more insight as to uh, what is going on with the current conversations, and this is via Albert Breer. The issue between Bosa and San Francisco is Nick Bosa wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL, whereas San Francisco wants him to be the highest paid edge rusher in the NFL. There is a $4 million difference right there alone. San Francisco currently has an $800,000 cap space. So, Nick Bosa right now, <laughs> uh, he's sitting there saying, well, I'm the best player on this team. He's better than CMC for as great as CMC is. He's a more impactful player than Fred Warner is, and Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. Um, he's sitting there saying, I don't need you as much as you need me. I can sit out for week one. I can sit out for week two. Heck, I can sit out for week three. And if you're one and two, you're going to come calling, and that call is going to have, hey, Nick, uh, we'll give you the $4 million right now. It's that simple. It's truly that simple. Um, Nick Bosa does not need the San Francisco 49ers as much as they need him. If Nick Bosa does not suit up week one, there's a good chance they lose that game, and there already is a good chance they lose that game knowing it's on the road early in the year with the history this team has of being 3-5 and five two years ago and 4-4 four and four last year. Um, Nick Bosa, <laughs> like... This should be getting more news than it is. Like, this should be getting more news than the quarterback conversation ever was. The reigning defensive player of the year on the number one defense in football doesn't have a contract extension yet, isn't signed yet, and we're nine days away from the regular season. If Nick Bosa isn't in uniform for a chunk of games, let's just say it's four games, they could easily be 1-3 and three and 2-2. Two and two. This is a good team. This team can usually overcome any injury outside a quarterback. And they've done that twice last year. You can not overcome Nick Bosa not being in the building. Then it's an unproven Drake Jackson, a Clellan Farrell reclamation project, hope he pans out, Austin Bryant, Kerry Eider, and who knows who else behind them. You need Nick Bosa in the building. Javon Hargrave is a great player. Eric Armstead, a great player. But you are going to have to mix and match without Nick Bosa to win games. It's not going to happen. Like last year, I think of, had Nick Bosa played against the Falcons, maybe San Francisco wins that game. and Maybe they're the number one seed in the NFL. Who knows? Now, maybe not, but that's a big of an impact he has. He had, what, 19 and a half sacks last year. You're moving... A player that averaged over a sack a game from the defense that right now has run defense issues. You know who helps that? Nick Bosa. You know who helps get to a mobile quarterback like Kenny Pickett? Nick Bosa. You are essentially weakening your defensive line, your pass rush, and also your secondary without Nick Bosa not being on the field. And you're playing against George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris. Like, Pittsburgh should not be able to hang with San Francisco, but you pluck Nick Bosa out of the defense, and it's a different conversation. It definitely weakens this team more than any other player being absent might, or really does. Um, 
my main concern with this is is that initially I thought this was a you know you know kind of ironing out the details but four million dollars is not that much money it truly is not that much money um I believe like Isaiah Oliver is making what 2.9 million dollars this year you can't pay Nick Bosa the four million dollars he wants like that's insane like this needs to get done. It should have been done months ago. Uh, he's made one appearance this year, the entire offseason and preseason programs, and that was, hey guys, I'm here. I'm not going to practice. Uh, I want to get paid, and I'll get paid what I'm worth. All right, see, I'm going to go back home to Florida. That's all it was. And you had a chance then to get it done, and you've had a chance two months from now to get it done. Um, there's no way they feel comfortable getting it done. Like John Lynch said, we have to balance urgency and patience. Patience is gone, my friend. Like, ring the bell, ring the siren. You know, this is urgent time. You're nine days away. The last thing you want is a soft tissue issue for Nick Bosa. I'll have practice one day. And, and look, Nick Bosa's body and health is never a worry of mine. But you have a player like Nick Bosa who likely isn't taking hits and pads and, you know, likely isn't, you know, working out to the nth degree like, like they do in practice. He's going to be in shape. That doesn't bother me. But the fact is, he's not getting hit. He's not getting blocked. And all you need is a, oh, I have a strained hamstring now. Or seeing him in limited reps against Pittsburgh. If he isn't signed by Monday, well, then he has... Let, let's say Nick Bosa signs by Tuesday morning. He practices that day. Then he gets Wednesday... And if you're lucky, you have a walkthrough on Thursday leading to your flight on Friday. He may get two practices. Is that enough for Nick Bosa? Maybe. For a player like him, it should be. But also, I understand the idea that, hey, get him in the building now. Get him caught up to the defense. Like, you can argue that, well, it's Nick Bosa. Just go do your thing uh, in a new defense. But you have a new defensive coordinator. Um... They could be sharing ideas. I'm sure they're sharing film. Like, Nick Bosa's gonna be here. The question is, when? When, Nick? When, Kyle? When, John? It should have been a month ago. should have been two months ago. Get this thing done. Enough is enough. There's no more time to waste. Like, like, what is the holdup? Four million dollars? Cut somebody. Figure it out. Like, you're out here signing kickers because you're the guy you drafted couldn't get it done. Just cut the guy. Cut some practice squad fools. Whoever counts to get the cap, just cut it and get it done. If he wants an extra dead year of $40 million, just get it done. This team cannot win a playoff game without Nick Bosa. This team cannot win a Super Bowl without Nick Bosa. And if that's your aspiration, which you said it is, get this thing done. Show us how serious you are. You got Kittle done. You got Warner done. You got other players done as well when it came to contract. Go get Nick Bosa done. And what really bothers me now is we're sitting here and... You went and signed John Hargrave to a massive deal and said Nick Bosa's contract, it's budgeted for. Nick Bosa is budgeted for. Well, was it? Was it what you budgeted for or what Bosa wanted? Because you signed Javon Hargrave, a great player, mind you, very happy he's here, but he isn't Nick Bosa to this team. Like, this team was in the NFC Championship game without Javon Hargrave. I get the addition. That's great. I'd rather have Nick Bosa. I just rather would. That should have been the first deal that was done than Javon Hargrave. And I get it. You add good players and you, you acquire one because you know Nick's going to be here. I get it. 
But how was he not priority number one? Why was he not done right when the season was over or late in the year? Like, they should have got this thing done. We lost against Philadelphia. Hey, Nick, we have a contract for you. Boom. Done. Pen on paper. Figure it out. It's ridiculous at this point. Um, two more things. We have a kicker issue and Christian McCaffrey being used less this year. Um, the kicker thing, excuse me, um, apparently Jake Moody may not be ready for week one. Uh, had a very up and down preseason. Even his, you know, good field goals and the ones he made were like, oh, they almost missed that one. Oh my God. Um, so now they signed Matthew Wright, who has spent time in Pittsburgh, I believe last year, kicking in what used to be called Heinz Field. I have no idea what it's called now. All I know is it's, it's the catch-up field of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But they bring in a kicker, and Jake Moody's sitting here like, I might be able to play, but my concern is, let's say, let's say Jake Moody's healthy by Monday. Okay, well, you're off an injury. Um, you're kicking likely in cold weather at 1 o'clock Eastern time in Pennsylvania. You were erratic the entire time of preseason. You didn't put much faith in me, and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan, and I'm sure you as well. Um, and again, you're coming off an injury. Um, that concerns me. And we're all sitting here saying, well, you know, we traded, you know, we have a third round pick for Jake Moody. You were the highest drafted kicker since 2005, outside of Robert Aguayo in the second round. Like, you're on that trajectory more than Mike Nugent was for the Bengals. Like, people already criticized the move enough, including myself. But seeing Jake Moody in practice, okay, I get it. You're going to be a more aggressive Kyle Shanahan. But then seeing him in preseason, it's like, oh, maybe he made a mistake. Where is Zane Gonzalez at? Now he's hurt. And so, like, San Francisco botched the quarterback stuff, and right now, being September 1st, it kind of botched the kicker stuff too. Like, you, like, there seems to be this weird, negative vibe around the team. And it's not fun. I hate it. I'm sure you feel it. I feel it. It feels like every single day there's a new issue, whether it's the Trey Lance or the Nick Bosa or the kicker or the Jimmy G stuff or Kyle Shanahan is, you know, being a little anal towards reporters. Like, it feels like there's a negative vibe around the team currently. I hope they don't sense that, but right now, and, and I hate feeling it, this team is going to be or should be really good this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing for it all come February, but it just feels like a negative vibe that is bogging down a team that should be hoisting a Lombardi or at least in that game at the end of the season, and I hate it. We're talking about kickers, and like we we haven't talked about kickers in years, we're talking about quarterbacks again, and you know this time probably for a better reason, knowing that we're focused on Brock Purdy now, but then Nick Bosa isn't signed. It's like, this negative vibe sucks. And I'm not sure if it's a media thing, or the fan base on Twitter thing, or just a me thing, but it does feel like there is this like uncomfortable, kind of icky and gross like black cloud over our head vibe currently, and it's like, this team could win a sixth championship this year. What is going on? Um, then there's the CMC stuff where it's, you know, there's a report by, I believe, ESPN that said San Francisco is going to take Christian McCaffrey off the field more than Carolina did and rely on Elijah Mitchell and Ty Davis Price and Jordan Mason to kind of fill that gap. Um, that's cool. I'm fine with that. Keep Christian McCaffrey fresh. 
My only concern is, so if you want to keep CMC fresh, you got my approval. That's cool with me. We talked about when it got acquired that there are some injury history there. He's getting older, and he played, what, 18 games last year in the regular season, including, what, three in the playoffs. Like, you played a ton of games last year. Keep him fresh. Um, he hasn't played in the preseason. He really didn't play during practice that much. They've been trying that early on throughout the year. But my bigger concern is, can Elijah Mitchell stay healthy? I get he's cleared for week one, but he can get hurt come week one. He can get hurt today during practice. <laughs> like, Elijah Mitchell has not been healthy enough, in my opinion, to go, I can rely on you to be our running back number two. Um, put that on a bumper sticker or on a Madden and give it to your mom for Mother's Day next year. Uh, <laughs> um, but then you have Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price, who are young players I like, but Jordan Mason has shown that at times he has a fumbling issue. And, you know, if you want to be a closer in the fourth quarter to ice the game out, that's great, but hold on to the ball. Uh, Ty Davis Price isn't a great pass blocker. He's an okay pass catcher. Um, how are you going to utilize the guys behind him that are really unreliable thus far? And this team has Brian Hill on the practice squad. Like, I could argue they have four really high potential running backs behind Christian McCaffrey. But none of them come close to being a running back one on any other team. And they all have their concerns of one can't pass block, one has a fumbling problem, and one can't stay healthy. But let's keep Christian McCaffrey fresh. And it's like, am I overanalyzing this? Is it that big of an issue? I don't think so. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see all four of these guys come week one. Which I think should happen. I think we should see a four-man running back rotation. If you want to keep CMC fresh, I think that's the way to do it. But knowing Kyle Shanahan, and I don't blame him for this, but he likes to play the hot hand if Mitchell is running well and... Jordan Mason's playing well and TDP is struggling, TDP's not going to play. Um, usually you shouldn't need four running backs, but if you want to keep all of them fresh, knowing the injury history in the room, um, that's what I would do. Play all four in certain areas. But knowing Kyle, it'll be three dress come game day, um, and TDP seems to be the odd man out. But in this case, if you want to keep CMC fresh, play all four. Like, I see no problem with that. I don't want to see Chris Conley activated. I don't want to see Willie Sneed the fourth activated on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. I don't want to see it. I'd rather see a third-round pick who has had no impact on the roster in TDP activated over Chris Conley, whose prime is so far behind him. He's a fine player, but I'd rather see Tidyvis Price over a player who's going to be a fifth receiver on the roster. Um, that being said, it's 11.14 in the morning. We talked for 45-ish minutes about Trey Lance, Nick Bosa, Jake Moody, and Christian McCaffrey, and even Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G. Like, man, there's so much to discuss about this team. We have week one next week. We'll have a season preview early next week, and then a game day week one preview against the Pittsburgh Steelers later next week. You don't want to miss a thing. For updates on the channel, for updates on the team itself, follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. It's on the screen below. Or Instagram is at 49ers.access. You can use our promo code 49ers access 49 ERS ACCESS -E -S -S 
to save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com for any game this year. Levi Stadium, you want to go to SoFi Stadium, you want to go any game. doesn't even have to be the San Francisco 49ers. If you want to go to any game this year, football, basketball, baseball, use that promo code and save yourself some money. It'll help pay for your parking or your $18 beer at Levi Stadium this year. Any chance you can save some money, use that promo code and hopefully, hopefully you can get a small discount. I'm also, use our Fanatics link above for any merch you have. If you want to buy a rookie jersey, Jair Brown, Jake Moody, Braden Willis, use that link above at fanatics.com or down below and support the show and hopefully save yourself some money as well uh, with your purchase. That being said, my name is Sterling Bennett. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And until next time, this has been the Forward Matter Access Podcast. And stay faithful.